Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody. It is the gut reaction episode of the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your stunned, shocked, surprised, jaw on the floor host, Chad Jensen. With me is my similarly aghast co host, you lo- that you know and you love, Zach Kelberman. Bro, what the Sam Hill. <laughs> just happened this reminds me of week 14 in houston but on a much deeper wider larger scale your gut reaction today certified grade a all natural free range ass kicking on the broncos part this feels better than 42 17 40 whatever that game was in 2017 with trevor simeon this was the finest performance this is not hyperbole i'm not overreacting because of emotion this was the finest performance of the Vic Fangio era since 2019. This was the the Bron. I almost cursed. Yeah, that's how fired up I am. This is the Broncos team we thought we'd be getting going into the season. This is the Broncos team that can play up to their potential when they take on the complexity of their head coach. And what was Vic Fangio doing out there? Not crossing his arms, not looking stoic, not showing, you know, no emotion. He was fist pumping. He was yelling, cursing, screaming. What did Justin Simmons do after he made that big fourth down stop in the first quarter? Fist pumping, yelling, screaming, cursing. That is how you go into an opponent's territory in a game that no one thought that they would win, including myself. I picked against them. And not only beat the Cowboys, they outclassed the Cowboys. And when you're talking about Vic Fangio out coaching Kellen Moore, and you can even make the case that Pat Shermer out coached Kellen Moore. I mean, my mind is blown. Credit where it's due. The Broncos coaching staff, minus Tom McMahon, still should be fired. They all deserve a game ball. Teddy came to play today. The running game came to play today. The defense came to play today. Now, as someone who covers the Cowboys, and I have more of an insider perspective on them, this was their letdown game. Not taking anything away from Denver. This was, you know how many Broncos letdown games there have been in the past? This was theirs. And I even wrote in the roundtable, I said, for the Broncos to win, they kind of need that trap game from Dallas. They got that trap game. Everything went their way. They even blocked a punt and still maintained possession in the weirdest rule I've ever seen in, in all my years watching the NFL. The ball bounced literally in the Broncos' way. Every cookie crumbled in the Broncos' favor. And how sweet does it feel for the Broncos to be on the ass-kicking end and not getting their ass kicked for once? Great game. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. I would call it a trap game as well. I mean, you know, we talked about the only way the Broncos come out of this is if indeed the Cowboys fall prey to the proverbial trap game. But a trap game is, oh, got punched in the mouth early, bounced back, eh, lost it in the in the clutch. What are you going to do? This was a straight curb stomp, dude. Like Malachi Crunch, American History X, you're going to prison for 15 years minimum, all right? Curb stomp. And so I'm inclined to agree that just something weird was going on with the Cowboys. But at the same time, be that as it may, and Rello take over. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. He says, George, Peyton, definitely put a pat on, definitely put a pat on fire. Put pat on fire. My bad. Keep fighting. MHH. Yes, sir, brother. We'll talk more about that. I'm. We can't discount how different from a spiritual perspective. You know how I like to bring the spirit back into this thing, right? It is Sunday. From a spiritual perspective, the light was back in their eyes, these Denver Broncos. Intensity, physicality, want to, oomph, right? Dedication, as you mentioned. You, you saw Vic Fangio inexplicably. And when I say inexplicably, you've never seen this before from Vic yeah, you know, you could see him mouthing F-bombs in his excitement and just passion. The question is, a switch flipped, no doubt. The question is, Zach, how, why, and how can you duplicate that? How can you go, okay, snapshot, boom. All right, let's paint this onto this wall, boom, next wall, and duplicate what they did today. You're not going to be able to perfectly because every opponent's different, but from an energy, intensity execution it all boiled down to that between the ears thing and the broncos had it how do you get that back because we haven't seen this all year long and even those three first wins that i mean you can talk about maybe that vic fangio and pat Shermer and the rest of the coaching staff and some of the players as well they felt the pressure they felt their jobs were on the line the other thing i talked about on kk and thank you for everyone who joined me on the halftime stream today there were two ways the Von Miller trade was going to go for Denver. It was going to kind of further create a division in the locker room and throw the franchise into further turmoil, or it was going to galvanize them. And the Broncos would rally around losing a franchise icon like Von Miller. And I think it's safe to say the latter occurred. And ironically, Chad, Jonathan Cooper was one of the biggest benefactors today of the Von Miller trade. I want to give a quick shout out while I'm on Cooper. I mean, there's so many thoughts we have at once right after the game. 
Javante Williams, Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning, Pat Sertan, those players alone make George Payton's first Broncos draft class a home run. Even Caden Stearns had a pick today. Javante went over 100. Cooper had two sacks. The future is now in Denver, and the cupboard is stocked with such budding, ascending talent on both sides of the ball, and I just love to see that, and I give major praise to George Payton for the job he's done in year one. And also, Chad, the midseason pickups Steven Weatherly, another good game. Kenny Young has, I think, changed the energy on this defense in only a couple weeks now. He's flying around the ball, covering tight ends, giving the Broncos a dimension they haven't had in five years or so. Um, I thought everyone was terrific. I thought the entire team was pumped up from the star players like Simmons to the rookies like Jonathan Cooper. But starting with Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer had a good game plan. He called a good game. Inexplicably, I think, is the word I'd apply to that as well, Chad. I mean, the only flaw in this was the special teams. But other than that, this was a straight, dominating, convincing, playoff-type victory. It was phenomenal. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more, especially in the wake of just that flabbergasting Von Miller trade. In that, I just mean the way it made you feel coming out of it. A lot of fans this time last week were speculating, kind of had a feeling, is Von going to get traded? And this... Same time last week, we we're like, nah, doubt it, right? It'd have to be like the perfect deal. Maybe it was. I'll let someone else be the the decider on that. But a second round pick, a third round pick, Vaughn's gone. It did something. That did something, guys. That's what, in my in my estimation, Zach. That's the only thing. Remember, we don't believe in coincidence on this podcast. All right, Vaughn gets traded. And then the Broncos produced their best performance of the year. And I don't just mean in terms of like the execution, which it most certainly was their best, Zach. But I mean like their their most emotionally stable and mature and their most emotionally pro collective performance where you had rookies and young dudes carrying the water. And I don't think, Zach, you need to jump to any kind of conclusion. And by you, I mean we in general, that – Vaughn was holding this team back. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it was like a wake-up call somehow, seeing Vaughn go out the door. Switch got flipped. Credit to the coaches for finding a way to channel that and get him on the field, ready to go, prepared against the Cowboys, caught him sleeping, 10-point underdogs were the Broncos. Chris Hernandez, then I'm serving this back to you, Zach, jumping in with, as is his want on game days, on the gut reactions, a symbolic super chat. 30 points, 30 bucks. We appreciate you, bro. He says, gotta love it. Click those little thumbs up. That's right, guys. If you're with us on YouTube and Facebook, which right now that's all that could be in this room because Twitter's not working and neither is Twitch, give this video a like. It's a small thing you can do to support what we're doing. But Zach, that's the only explanation in my book. You can't believe in coincidence. Vaughn leaves and they produce a game like this. I mean, the question is why? You wonder, I mean, I'm not, this is speculation on my part, but there was that Pro Football Network report that came out about the Halloween party, and it kind of shed some different light on Vaughn. It showed him to be maybe at odds with some teammates or some division being sowed in the locker room with him around. It kind of reminds me of the Odell Beckham Jr. situation in Cleveland. Sometimes with a player of that magnitude, when they leave, if they leave, the the rest of the team kind of trudges forward and galvanizes around that departure. And it seems like that's what happens today. I just think overall, they felt the pressure. They felt the weight of the season. They were at a pivot point being 4-4. and 
uh, a bye week in a couple weeks. They have a, the meat of their schedule coming up now. And again, no one expected them to win. Zero people. I, I mean, in the Mile High Roundtable, what was it, one person? Yeah, and I don't even remember who it was. I think it might have been KB. I'll go double check that. Whoever picked the Broncos on the MHH staff, I mean, my, my hat's off to you, for real. Um, it was just one of those games where everything came together. They got all the breaks, Chad. We mentioned the block punt, but every throw it seemed like it was being completed. They played clean, mostly turnover-free football. Uh, they all phases played well. It was Kenneth well. Booker, for what it's worth. Kenny, yeah, good shout-out to KB. Good call, man. Yeah, I, I didn't expect this from them, and you wonder if the Von Miller trade kind of uh, flipped that switch. But I also seriously have to give credit to Fangio. He was a different coach today, and it felt like a different team because he was a different coach. And if he can just channel that emotion and show the players that he wants to win that badly and not play not to lose, they're going to win more ball games this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Philly next week. By the way, upset City today. You have the Jaguars taking down the Bills on top of what the Broncos did, and also the Giants doing the Broncos a big favor by beating the Raiders. So at 5-4, and four, it's crazy to say, and I'm still not fully convinced, but I'm a lot more impressed that the Broncos are still in the thick of things, not just for a wild card spot, but for the division, yep. potentially. It's crazy to think about. And I wouldn't be surprised they beat Philly entering their bye week if they don't get a game flex, the divisional game flex, later in the season against either the Chiefs, the Raiders, or the Chargers. Najel Toff, top rope super chat. Thank you, my brother. Really appreciate it. He says, absolutely incredible total team effort across the board. Yes, it was, my brother. Love you, Naj. And Zach, on that point, um, everyone kind of carried their fair share. The only, if I was going to pick a nit in today's performance at the player or unit level, I would say, come on, Brandon McManus, yeah. you're the last man standing from Super Bowl 50 and you're the guy that doesn't play, doesn't, d- doesn't do his fair share. Now he did hit the 53 yard or credit there. And that last field goal that gave him the 30 points, which is by the way, guys, this is the first time your Denver Broncos have sc- scored 30 points in a game since when seriously. When? When was the last time your Denver Broncos got to 30 freaking points? The Houston game? 2019? Might have been. God, I don't we, know. We can't even Someone remember. Google That's that. the sad part. Someone Google it. Someone Google it. Uh, Ryan Steinauer, what's up, buddy? Thank you for the super. He says, we won running the ball. No way. So it ain't so. Let's go Broncos. Yeah, I mean, that was the tip of the spear, and it needs to be. I mean, Somehow, some way, the light bulb went on for Pat Shermer. I have two dynamic stud running backs. Best use them, right? Let's figure out how to get these cats yeah. to Rizok. I mean, Javante, first 100-yard game, 17 totes, 111 yards, a long of 30. The television broadcast completely flabbergasted at how this dude breaks tackles like he you know, breaks wind, like it's no big deal. Melvin Gordon, 21 totes, 80 yards and a score with a long of 14. As a team, you rushed for two, or pardon, 190 yards, 190 yards, and you did it convincingly. You know, it wasn't like nickel dime, nickel dime, nickel dime, and then you had like a big 70 yard run, and that accounts for no, no, no. It was like five yard clip, let's go, five yard clip. Oh, we need to move the ball. Chunk plays. Yeah. Give it to one of the boys, and they did it. So that's got to be, uh, hopefully, for Pat Shermer. A, a little bit of a, a wake-up call, or maybe he already did wake up, and that was the result of his epiphany. And you know what? As the television broadcast did a good job, too, of uh, chronicling Zach, they did so with backups across the board. Right. I mean, Dalton Reisner and Lloyd Cushenberry were your only day-one starters on the field on the offensive line. 
So credit to Calvin Anderson, credit to Quinn Miners, who, guys, I mean, what more needs to be said? Quinn Miners should be starting. Pick a guard, I don't care. Replace him with Quinn Miners. Um, and then even, you know, uh, what's his name, dude? I, I, I've so forgotten this dude. The Fleming. Fleming. Thank you. Cam Fleming wasn't terrible. So props to the O-line. Diamond Rattler, Zach, real quick, jumping in. Good to see you. Thank you. He says, uh, I predicted the Broncos win 42-17. That was the week two score, by the way, back in 2017. I was close. Where are the haters at? Now you know. And then Jess here jumping in, too, to say, let's go with a super chat. Appreciate you guys. Take your victory lap, Diamond Rattler. You deserve it. it. Any, anyone who picked the Broncos this week, my, you know, my hat's off to you. I did not think they had this in them. But what a crazy concept. You give the ball to your stud running backs and good things happen on offense. It's so nice for you to go over the carry totals for Javante and Melvin Gordon, and it's not 5-4, and 7-8. Yeah. It's 21-17. and 17. That's how it should be. By the way, Javante is RB1. I do not care. Melvin Gordon is good. He's not necessarily great, but Javante... It took hold of that RB1 mantle. He's ripping off chunk games. Like you mentioned, Chad, it wasn't nickel and diming. It wasn't two yards and a cloud of dust. This wasn't Royce Freeman in the backfield. This was ripping off 7, 8, 10, 12 yards and breaking 2, 3, 4, and 5 tackles. First contact does not exist to Javante Williams. That man is a bowling ball with knives. He's incredible to watch. I love watching him play, and I hope Pat Shermer finally got the message. You have a franchise running back at your disposal. Use him, and good things will come. He's so tough, man. I mean, I just it's almost like he's impervious to any and all anything, dude. I don't, I don't even want to say the I word, but like just impervious no. to anyone coming at him. Don't say it. Michaela, the Duchess, jumping in. Love you. Appreciate you. She says... Anderson in for Bowles was great. Also, Jonathan Cooper, dominant. Great team win. Denver Broncos forever. She took it a step further. Most people, it's DBFL, right? She's like, no, 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 no. Not for life. Life's good, but you got to take it that extra eternity forward. Denver Broncos forever. Love it. Man, I'm just I'm just injecting this Broncos optimism into my veins. Can can we say now that Jonathan Cooper was one of the bigger steals of the entire draft? Seventh yes, round pick, and he's looking like maybe the future long-term Von Miller replacement. The guy is incredible. What a stud. Guys, here's where we're at. I am seriously just stunned by how much the community on Facebook has attacked our November goal in an effort to win a Broncos jersey of their choosing now remember this week's or this month's goal we we t dialed it back a little bit to make it not not so much to make it more manageable but to make it so that nobody's scrambling to try and get in at the end right so that by the time you get to the end of the month it's relatively in hand you guys are about to put it relatively in hand by middle of the month and if we get there zach by let's say you know november 15th i say we go goal set do the raffle try and create another goal within the month of november but guys, thank you so much. We're already 39% complete to our goal of 200,000 stars on Facebook. When we reach the goal, we will raffle off a Broncos jersey of your choice. And the only people in the running for that, Zach, of course, are the people who contributed to the goal. So here we are seven days into the month. Here's your leaderboard. Rando up in the Great White North at the top. Travis Weber behind him at two. Doug Raquel at three. Matt Beatty, four. Michael Ronquillo, five. Shane, the aviator, Daniels at six, Tim Hoffman, seven, Morgan Henry, a newer name on these charts, Zach Welcome. at number eight, Peter Middleton, uh, abroad supporting the cause and Chris 
25. He might be 26 year now veteran. I always forget, but okay. either way. Keeps going up. <laughs> of the United States Air Force. And then Yvonne and a few names. Andrew Lampy, who was at the top last month. So anyway, love you guys. Thank you so much. The super chat, by the way, same thing. We're going to raffle off a uh, Broncos jersey of your choosing to the top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of November. Scott couldn't be with us on this one, and so I don't have the updated Super Chat chart, but we'll we'll show it at the end. By the way, what's that sound? Someone chart is the Jerry Jones. <laughs> you took going? my joke. That's the Cowboys' dead body being picked up off the ground. That's what you hear out here. <laughs> Speaking of that, though, Chad, I do have because I'm I'm in a good mood right now, and I'm following the Cowboys' quotes coming out of the game. Obviously, this is from Mike McCarthy. The evaluation is we got beat from top to bottom. We did not get it done today. We were outplayed and we were outcoached. The physicality was definitely not what I was looking for. When you can make a team that had one loss on a, on a six-game winning streak say that and, and basically call you daddy after a game, uh, that's it's incredible. It's, it's such a good position for the Broncos to be in. And it's nice getting on here, Chad, talking about the Broncos being on that distributing end, not the receiving end. What an afternoon. Moss Def. Ronnie, who we got to hang out with quite a bit at the meet and greet a few weeks back. Good to see you, bro. He says, domination today. This is the team we all want to see. Yes. No lie. Lawrence Rivera also appreciate everything Lawrence saying. Called it ever since I've been born. I've never seen the Cowboys beat the Broncos. 26 years, baby. You know, that's a fair point. But I was looking at it more like the Broncos own the Cowboys in Dallas for whatever reason. Like, I think back to, of course, the Peyton Manning, Tony Romo of 2013. I think back to Ron Dane's. Thanksgiving game in Dallas where he busted one in uh, whatever that was, 03 or 04. I think it was post-Portis, so like 04, might have been 05. But the the Broncos just do well against the Cowboys. It took the all-time greatest Cowboys team probably to be the last Cowboys squad to hand the Broncos a loss. What'd they say, Zach, 95 or yep. something like that? 95. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, Zach, do you still want Kellen Moore? Do you still want Kellen Moore? Yeah, I you know. Actually, if you look at this game, it wasn't on Kellen Moore. The Cowboys could not catch a pass. They cannot do anything overly well. The offensive line was a big letdown. Trust me, guys, when I say this was not the same Cowboys team as in weeks past. The Broncos got their number. Credit to the Broncos. Uh, but Kellen Moore is still atop my wish list if and when the Broncos do look for a head coach. I mean, you want to be able to go, wow. Ain't no way Vic Fangio, after a performance like that's leaving. But, guys, we've seen One it before. Game. We've seen the flashes in the pan before. And I'm not saying that to bring down your, your buzz right now. All right? I'm not trying to throw a blanket on – a wet blanket on things. I'm just saying that we love it. We're going to lap it up. We're going to soak it in. We're going to really chew on this and enjoy it. Because your Broncos are plus 500, baby. And it's not, you know, the first quarter of the season. They're now – Coming out of week nine at five and four, and they got just like Zach already mentioned it, but I'll use uh, I'll say it again. This is George Payton's verbiage. They're right in the thick of things, and if they can somehow channel this energy, Zach, that they saw today, even if it doesn't result in perfect execution, I'm talking about the spiritual energy that they had today, that focus, that intensity. Then all things are possible, with or without Von Miller. Chase Wellner jumping in. Appreciate you, bro. Michael Irvin was pretty arrogant about this game when predicting the boys win before the season. How you like us now, Mike? <laughs> Indeed, baby. Got some uh, Shaq smack talking to Kobe going on here. How these blank taste. 
Uh, even I was just reading that Mike McCarthy showed the Cowboys a video during the week and he cautioned his team to not take the Broncos lightly. Don't overlook them. Don't assume it's a gimme game or anything's in the bag. And that's exactly what Dallas came out and did today. They took the Bron Broncos for granted and credit to Denver. They took advantage of that, Chad. They didn't just win by, and the, and the final score is not indicative of how, how much of a blowout the game really was. They took it in hand throughout the game to Dallas and they deserve all the credit for that. FC. A superstar, been with us a long, long time, jumping in. Appreciate you, bro, to say a great win, but so garbage time. 16. Yeah, it's like Zach and I touched on this right before we went live. No one's tripping on the garbage time points. Vic Fangio took his foot off the gas. Anyone who watched the game knows it was a Broncos yeah. dominating win. It was American History X curb stomp. You're going to prison. Like Vic, Vic Fangio might be in handcuffs to right now. If he hadn't allowed them those 16 points, like it was uh, felonious. Nathan, what's good, buddy? Thank goodness we have we have bragging rights for another couple years over Cowboys fans. This is particularly important in my family. And by the way, shout out to my parents. They're in Denver, uh, or pardon me, in Dallas today to the game. A friend of ours took care of them, got them very, very nice seats. Shout out Mike Fisher. And, uh, you know, maybe my dad, Zach, maybe the, the legendary Mark Jensen is the secret <laughs> ingredient for this team winning because Shout he out. was there in week three and he was in Dallas today. And yep. how about that? How about them Broncos? Yeah, your father might be the good luck charm. And I, I would say after meeting him, Chad, very much deserving of the legendary uh, ethos established <laughs> around him. I, you know, no matter what it is, it's such a good feeling for Broncos country, though. I'm happy for your parents. I'm happy for any Broncos fan out there. Revel in this. Enjoy this. This wasn't a, a game the Broncos did not deserve to win. This wasn't the Washington game. This was a certified victory. Yep. And Vic Fangio's got, you know, you could count them on one hand, the number of truly signature certified wins, right? You've got... Well, I'm going all the way back to 19 here. Okay, I know, I know. We got to dig. But I'm going to say the Houston game. Mm -hmm. uh, 2020, I'm going to say the Patriots game, as ugly as it was. That was a certified hard-fought win. Uh, Chargers? Which one? With the comeback. Okay, yeah, we'll throw that one in there. That was more of a certified Drew Locke. A lot of good it did him, but nevertheless. All right, let's count it. Three. Um, and this one. That's it. So credit to Vic. Steve, who was calling plays for us today? I don't know, guys. Could you tell? It might have been one of those like Scooby-Doo uh, villain moments where they pull the mask <laughs> off and it's not Pat Shermer, it's Mike Shula up there. That would have been I crazy. Mean, would you have been surprised? Who knows? But yes, Pat Shermer. Zach, if indeed, as we have no reason to disbelieve, was calling plays today, he obviously had some kind of a light bulb moment between the, the Washington game and this one. He didn't just commit to the run. Get, Chad, guess what he did? He got the ball to Jerry Judy. He threw the ball downfield to Tim Patrick because Cortland Sutton and good things happened. Jerry Judy, though, they guys, they threw a bubble screen to Jerry Judy. They had pre-snap motion. I got so giddy watching that. It's, it is crazy that seemingly Pat Shermer turned over a new leaf, but this was kind of the play calling that we saw in the first three weeks when they were playing you know, lesser opponents. But now they brought it up to a whole new level, and everything was working, literally everything. Leroy says, I'm eating crow today. I had no idea we were going to blow them out. We kicked ass today. Dude, nobody did. Nobody. I mean, 
credit to Kenny B for picking a, a Broncos win, but he didn't pr- predict a, you know, curb stomp, put him in prison type of victory. Nobody did, dude. I mean, 10 point margin or uh, 10 point, uh, you know, underdogs, right? I'm right now. I got nothing more to say. Like, I'm still stunned that this happened today. Like, it's it defies logic. It defies what we've seen with our own eyes, right? It's like doubting Thomas, the scales falling off, right? And finally realizing, oh, wait, you are the Christ. That's what it was like. And and, and maybe that's bad form for me to compare something that like that to a football game. But still, it was that, and pardon me if I, if I offended you. But nevertheless, it's like that. Scales falling off. What the heck? Okay, I guess I'll believe for now. Don't tempt the football gods, Chad, and don't tempt real God. You know, let's let's yeah, keep true. our not our wires not crossed here. Um, you know, you mentioned that credit to to Vic Fangio because the Broncos are still in the thick of things, and, and they, they definitely are, and he deserves credit. But also credit to Peyton, George Peyton. We mentioned the draft picks, we mentioned the roster he put together, but he gets blamed when Teddy has a bad game. Teddy played amazing today. Teddy outclassed Dak Prescott today, and Peyton was one of the driving forces behind that trade. For a first-year first year general manager replacing John Elway, of all people, I don't think George Payton could have done a better job. Not because I cover the team, not because there's a vested interest. I think most people would agree his GMing duties in year one gets an A. Easy. Eddie, supporter, superstar. Love you, bro. He says, great win. Hopefully we stay consistent and keep winning. That's the deal. And by the way, Ashton, I don't know what you mean, dude. I'm excited. I'm just... You know when someone gets delivered truly stunning news like that just shocks them? That's my emotional state right now. Like, I'm I'm just surprised. This is surprised, Chad. All right? Uh, Jake, appreciate you, brother. Hey, boys, love to give the coaching staff credit, but I believe this was our GM's win when we finally have great depth, and it showed. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the depth thing here. All right? First of all, you trade Vaughn. You're going, man, with Chubb on the on the sideline still on IR. Yikes. Hopefully Malik plays. Malik doesn't play. Malik Reed didn't play today. So it's Jonathan Cooper, the rookie, yet to notch his first sack as an NFL player going into the game. And the second game as a Bronco, Stephen Weatherly as your primary edge guys, yeah. they were both phenomenal, Zach. They both harassed the living snot out of Dak. And, of course, you know, a little bit of context here. Dak didn't have his all-world left tackle. Tyron Smith missed this game. But Jonathan Cooper, two sacks. Uh, dude, I could have swore Weatherly got one. He's not credited. So, either way, Broncos got two sacks, both for Jonathan Cooper. Cooper should have had another. Dak got out of one. I think it was in the first half. I can't really remember. Yeah. But, you know, you talk about the depth when – uh, Glasgow gets hurt. You have um, Quinn Miners coming in. When Patrick Sertan got hurt, and uh, you know we pray to God that he's healthy and it wasn't a serious issue. You had the Broncos playing Caden Stearns more, and he came in and gets a pick. You lose Von Miller. You know Malik Reed's banged up. You have Baron Browning. You had Jonathan Cooper. You have Kenny Young playing really well. These are all George Payton's acquisitions, and that's why I'm saying for a first-year GM replacing the legendary John Elway with the cupboard really bare in some spots in one year's time. He restocked that keeping the Broncos competitive. Now they're five and four and in the thick of things while also planning for the future. I love him, Chad. Honestly, as a GM, I think he's done a terrific job. The Vaughn thing. I know it hurt a lot of people. 
Um, and there was a few, you know, there's a few people on staff at MHH that really took that hard. They thought it was a bad decision, bad look, sole team short, Pat Bowen never would have done it. I'm not here to question whether a, a Hall of Famer um, who's no longer with us, what he would have done. But Vaughn's reaction at the end of the day when he showed up in L.A., I think tells you whether or not this was ultimately good from a karmic scale perspective. Like Vaughn was okay with it. Was he surprised in the in the moment? Yes. Did he have a hard time reckoning the fact that I'm leaving the only NFL home I've ever known in the in the moment? Yes. But he's in L.A. now, and he seems to be like a fish to water in terms of fitting into his new environment. Shane Daniels, the aviator himself, says, great win today. Glad to see Pookie get to show off his skills, and Shermer stuck to the run game, Zach. Yeah, uh, it's it's amazing to see what happens when Javante gets carries. We talked about him earlier in the show, Shane. Um, also, I want to give a shout-out while it's on the top of my head, chat. Broncos country showed up to Jerry World, man. There was so much orange in the stands. On You can see it on television. And when the Broncos scored, fans were going crazy. They even kind of uh, drowned out Cowboys fans at AT&T Stadium. So it was one of those afternoons where literally everything went well, and it's such an enjoyable victory to revel in. I'll say that. Andrew Lampy, what's good, buddy? Thank you for the stars. He says, not surprised at all. Denver owns the Cowboys. And maybe that's true, Andrew. I'm not questioning you in particular, but people saying, I knew we were going to win this. Come on, dude. Come on. You could barely eke past Washington, and you just traded Vaughn, and it's the 6-1 and one Cowboys. We showed you all that green, guys, on the head-to-head on Thursday night. Like, come on now. Andrew, because I know you're a GOAT, I'll trust that you weren't surprised at all. Most people, come on now. I wanted to make one point about Vaughn, though. When he said, I, I went to sleep 4-4, four and four, I woke up 7-1, and one, that was your biggest kind of indicator that he's maybe a little more relieved to get out of the Broncos situation and the purgatory he was in than uh, was let on. And let me say one thing. All the love in the world for Vaughn Miller. I can't wait for his Ring of Fame induction, Hall of Fame induction, etc., Jonathan Cooper was doing more off the edge than Vaughn had done in recent weeks. You saw a True. different kind of pass rush, and maybe that's what it needed uh, Cooper to get more playing time for Vaughn Miller. Shook things up, and sometimes you shake things up and then see what happens, and it's a big old dud. Sometimes you shake things up, and it's a you know magnificent 55-piece Lego set, perfectly <laughs> constructed, right? The Death Star or something. Simon, what's good? Up in Canada, proving... Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. He says, great win. What a pleasure to watch the team playing up to its potential. Here's to more to come. Go Broncos. I love that feeling, Zach, and especially when it's your team, where the defense in particular is out there just playing loose and with such swagger and confidence like a predator. It's like when the lion has closed in on the gazelle, right? And he's got the gazelle dead to rights. He just hasn't quite gone in for the killing stroke. It's that feeling, that predatory uh, – what's a good word for it? That predatory – Instinct. Good enough. And I love seeing that today. I loved seeing that from your Denver Broncos. It was, in fact, the, probably the first time I've seen it this season. And, Michael, appreciate you, bro. Great win against the boys. I'm happy for this team to play with heart and passion that. And what a great position for the Broncos to be in. Next up is a very, very beatable Philadelphia team. And if they win that game, they go to 6-4, and four, entering their bye week. 
and they can get some players back. Maybe Bradley Chubb comes back. You know, you have uh, Michael Ojemudia coming back and uh, to provide some cornerback help. That's perfect momentum. So, I mean, the season can turn around on a dime. We, we thought it ended on a dime after the Browns loss, and now they're right back. I hate to keep quoting George Payton, but in the thick of things, who knows what could happen going forward. Guys, if you hear while we're live what uh, Fangio says about Pat Sertan injury-wise, please let, put it in the stream so we can, we can hear. Apparently, he, he said the special teams was not good enough today in the understatement of the century, as always. Nothing will come of it, but glad he pointed it out. Well, the missed extra point and the missed field goal, that in, in and of itself means your special teams weren't good enough today. But, you know, the block punt, then you get you completely luck out. And then also the, the opening uh, kickoff was kickoff ran back. Returns. Yeah. Was that Pollard? Right? Yes. That dude's got some juice, yeah, he's, man. He's, he's a beast. Uh, Travis Weber, what's going on, big dog? He says, I wasn't expecting this. Totally mind blown. Going to soak in this win, but moving forward, we will need wins since we don't have Vaughn to attract free agents wanting to come play in Denver. You stack them while you can, baby. Stack those wins while you can. It ain't easy. Vic Fangio knows this by now. Winning in the league is not easy. Dante Martinez, a newer name on Super Chat. I Welcome. know you've it's not the first time you've supered, but Welcome still back. appreciate it, buddy. What a game, says Dante. Where was this Denver team for the past month? LOL. Nevertheless, what a great win. Brought some life back into this team and fan base. I saw Zach as, you know, as as publishers. Uh, we can we have our finger on the pulse of our fans, and by our, I mean the fans of the team we cover, that 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 pulse, that heartbeat. And I could see just in terms of how many downloads there were from, I'll say, not the first two days because people were trying to understand what happened with the Vaughn trade, all right? But from, let's say, Wednesday up until this morning, fan, Broncos fans took completely disengaged. They didn't want to read articles as much as they normally would. They didn't want to listen to podcasts and watch videos as much. I think this will bring him back. I think oh, this yeah. was a whoa. Okay, here we go. Let's go. And I'm, you know, uh, do we do we have an inch, uh, you know, a self interest in hoping that that happened? Yes, absolutely. But at the same time, it needed to happen. Broncos fans, your team is five and four, one game above five hundred, right in the middle of the season, Zach. And this is finally a season in which the Kansas City Chiefs are not, you know, this this unbeatable, unstoppable force. Yeah, and, and we mentioned already the Raiders went down to the Giants today. You have uh, the Chargers playing tomorrow, I believe. Or are they playing right? I think they scored. Kansas City's up 7 nothing right now. But it doesn't really matter. The Broncos have to take care of business and beat who's on their schedule. And you mentioned what it can do for the fan base, but I wrote in the roundtable for my little blurb, I said, how do you have any confidence right now thinking Denver could win? How do you have any confidence picking Denver? And this gave the Broncos a big shot in the arm of confidence, not just for prognosticators like us, but for the team itself. If they can take yep. down Dallas at Dallas that convincingly, there's no team they can't beat. And that's the one thing I think for those of us, including myself, that are wondering, yeah, need to see it again before we can really get our hopes up. That's the one thing that leads me to believe you could. All right. Gives me hope, I should say, that you could see them duplicate similar performances is that it didn't just come against, you know, like if this would have happened against the Washington football team, you're like, oh, yeah, charge it to the game, you know, sub 500 team beat up on. Them. That's what Vic Fangio's Broncos do. But no, this came against a quality opponent whom you heard the broadcast today. This was the hottest team in the NFL. The Broncos just like Sylvester Stallone and over the top just went boom, done. All right. 
nope, to the to the earth, you shall go laid low. Cletorez, what's good? And so, as you said, the players they're recognizing that they're going. Look, we can get out there and wreck shop against any opponent in the league. Let's go. That's the one thing I think should lead all fans to that optimistic perspective of okay, this could be a turning point for the season. And it says to them also, hey, look, we have a coach who's going to get fired up and push us and motivate us and, and get us ready for the game. We have a coordinator in Pat Shermer that can devise game plans and stick to what works. And one thing, kind of as an aside, Noah Fant didn't play today. Was there any coincidence as to maybe the offense looked better, more explosive, more vertical? More without... energetic. Yeah, maybe there's something to it. I don't know. It is what it is. There's how can you say otherwise? Man, Noah has been, from a player perspective, in my opinion, the biggest disappointment of 2021. Clee, thank you for your patience. He says most of the Broncos getting paid big money didn't play. Coincidence. Interesting topic. Justin Simmons was out there for what it's worth. Kareem was out there for what it's worth. No, Garrett Bowles. Melvin, he played. Melvin was out there. I'm trying to think. Teddy, I mean, he's not making much relative to quarterbacks. But, yeah, I, I get you. Uh, KB, we already gave you your, your hat tip. Credit to Kenneth Booker. Here's his his victory lap. Here's your him, flowers, Kenny. From, from the horse's mouth. I'm the only one that picked the Broncos to win. I got everything else wrong about the game, but I'll take it that every time if it ends up a Broncos win. Hey, credit to you, bro. Love it. And you move up because everyone else just dropped one in the round table and you moved up. You're now 7-2. and two. Looking good, big dog. Um Okay, let me let me do some catching up here in the chat. Uh, Deshaun, what's good, buddy? Appreciate the super chat. He says, the whole team's energy today was high, and it showed in their play and emotions today on the field. What do you – What do we have to do to get this every week, right? And that's the million-dollar question, honestly. That is the million-dollar question. But the the what Zach said is kind of, I think, the sneaky – solution here not solution the sneaky um factor to consider and that is the belief that just got created today within the locker room that self-confidence and belief you don't know the limits of of how far that can take you i mean this is like the next best thing to doing this, this to like kansas city like this was a juggernaut guys this wasn't just a you know, half decent cowboy squad. Like this was number two offense, number one in many categories, a defense that was up there in many respects as well. Six and one club. You trucked them. They were sixth in the NFL against the run. And the Broncos had almost a hundred yards in the first half. They had their best rushing performance. I would say overall, when you look at the quality uh, all season, they just completely owned an ass kicked all afternoon. You know, I want to just point out one thing, not to be a wet blanket. There's the cliche term trap game for Dallas, but the other hand, there's another cliche term that can be applied to Denver in the coming week. Was this game the Broncos Super Bowl? You have to wonder that. Did they get up for this game after the Von Miller trade with the jobs on the line, all the speculation around the future of the team? Did they get up for this game and kind of shoot their shoot what they got and empty empty the uh, empty the uh, Glock, so to speak, Chad. That's what they'll have to prove against Philadelphia. If they yeah. come out and beat Philadelphia, go into their bye on that momentum, they could be for real. I just hope this wasn't a one-week outlier. For what it's worth, after getting in a hole against the Chargers, Philly just came back and tied at sevens. So they got some juice when they want to. they got to be on, but they can, they can be a factor. Albert says, 
Cowboys were thinking the Broncos were going to pass, pass, pass. I think that's true. I think the Cowboys, you know, Shermer had become so predictable uh, through how he telegraphs the intentions of this offense through personnel groupings, 11 personnel. That's three wideouts, one running back, one tight end constantly that the Cowboys had zero reason because the, the uh, body of work, Zach, the body of evidence, I should say, was so far reaching. I mean, dating back all the way to 2020 that the Cowboys felt pretty secure in being able to just kind of go light in the box and stop the pass. Finally, though, you saw some pre- some presence of mind, I think, is the verb or the uh, verbiage I'm looking for here on Pat Shermer, some realization of what world he's in. Like I said the other day, my son, Theo, who's five months old, doesn't even know what planet he's on. Pat finally sh- showed us that he might know that this is Earth, that the the what he's standing on right now. I think the Cowboys, they took the Broncos too lightly. They took them for granted for sure. But I think they thought, okay, we're going to shut down the run because we have a good run defense this year. And the Broncos are missing their best linemen, so to speak, and Garrett Bowles, a left tackle. And they're going to just run roughshod with Micah Parsons. By the way, the guy's a beast. Anyone yeah. questioning that draft pick, I mean, his character concerns are one thing. He just is an animal. And also Randy Gregory. They completely stonewalled Gregory, though. He wasn't much of a factor. And the Broncos flipped the script. They not only ran against them, they stuck to it. And they said, we're not stopping till you stop us. And they didn't stop him. Guys, by the way, Calvin Anderson shut out Gregory. Like straight. Good game. Locked him down. So yeah. credit to Calvin. And I loved it when um, he was talking about Garrett Bowles on Friday. They gave Calvin the podium. And he said, Missing this game, you know, for Garrett, he views being available and there for his team as sacred. I thought that was cool hearing that word used in that sense. And so I think Calvin really appreciated the gravity of his moment to get what was just his third career start. And in place of a guy, as he said, who viewed that privilege, responsibility, whatever, as a sacred one, a sacred duty. So credit to Calvin. Todd Ostendorf, interesting, interesting topic here. Was George Payton sending a message to the team when he traded Vaughn? And is this the proof that the message was received? That's what I'm telling you guys. So there's uh, there's no coincidence in this performance coming on the heels of the Vaughn trade. And I think it's in part, you know, nature hates a vacuum, or is that the right way? Loathes, nature abhors a vacuum, whatever. A leadership as a juice, a sizzle, a production vacuum got created when Vaughn got dealt away. And so that had to be filled by something, someone. And so far, it looks like the personalities and the people who filled that vacuum were the right ones. And then the flip side, the other side is, the other aspect to what Todd's talking about here is, it absolutely sent a message. The most untouchable guy in that building just got traded. So y'all better be on your P's and Q's. We'll cut you. We'll trade you. Exactly. Like, no one's untouchable. Yeah, exactly. That's the point I mentioned on KK earlier today. If they can trade Von Miller, they can trade anyone. No one's safe, player or coach. And that's what Peyton said by doing that. You can talk about getting Von in a better destination, which is true. You can talk about building for the future and stockpiling draft picks. That's also true. But if you're, and I mentioned this on the pod earlier in the week, if you're in the thick of things, but you're trading your best defensive player, arguably, it's kind of contradictory. That definitely was a subtle message being sent by the front office that, listen, we're going to do whatever we can do and we have to do to make the Broncos a better, more sustainable, successful team. Trading Von Miller was the first step, and it's like, who's next? Who else wants this treatment? And they responded to that. 
All right, we're going to grab uh, Colby here, who is one of our great supporters. Thank you for the stars, as always, my friend. He says, I yelled at the TV so hard, I almost passed out. Ow, my voice box. I think a lot of fans right now can relate to that. Uh, Zebulon, taking a quick pit stop. You know, when you have at your disposal warp speed, you can come from one end of the galaxy to the other in a blink of an eye to be here for the Bronco Cowboy game. Zebulon made that happen, and now he has a question. Sort of off topic, but is Chubb out for the season now? Absolutely not. No, no, no. Dude, credit to JC, Jonathan Cooper. Credit to Weatherly, who, although he wasn't credited with a sack, was pretty consistently getting pressure on Dak today. But no, Bradley Chubb, the second he's healthy enough to return, he's coming back. I think Chubbs are in season now for Broncos fans. <laughs> wink, wink. No, I, he'll be back soon enough, I think. And that's what I was talking about with the bye week. Two weeks from now, they beat Philadelphia. They go into the bye six and four. You have players like Chubb coming back. I mean, this is the time to get hot later in the year. And the Broncos may be overreacting, maybe hyperbole. They could be hitting their stride. Shane Daniels throwing some, some stars for some victory beers. We appreciate that, buddy. Happy belated, by the way, to one of our great supporters, Mike Reno. Good to see you. Uh, appreciate you. He says that was the best birthday present a Broncos fan could ask for. I'm absolutely stoked. Hey, man, that is cool. Good for you. Deshaun again. Thank you, buddy. Peyton is a genius for these draft picks and these players that he traded for. He is an amazing GM. So far, so good. I mean, it's hard to hate on this guy, as even though he made – I mean – when George took the job, who were the two most beloved players on the roster? <laughs> Philip and Vaughn. Bye-bye. Yep. Weird, right? But, again, we can't ignore uh, the correlation between Vaughn gets traded, same week, Broncos perform from a collective, emotional, physical, intensity, mental perspective, best we've seen under Vic Fangio perhaps ever. You can't dismiss those connections. It had something to do with. We just don't know why quite yet. We need to get to the bottom of what it was about that trade that so galvanized the team. Remember the pearl clutching, Chad, that still goes on about George Payton not taking future Hall of Famer Justin Fields or Mac Jones at number nine, taking Patrick Sertan instead? Remember all the overreacting and the hand-wringing over trading up in the second round for a devalued position and getting a guy like Javante Williams? Those decisions look amazing in hindsight. And George Payton inarguably... 100,000% was the right GM hire. He is the GM of the future for the long term. The Broncos are in very good hands. And what we're saying now about his past moves is what we'll be saying for those on the fence about the Von Miller trade. I'm not. But for those on the fence, you will like it come next offseason, next April, next March, whatever, when you see Peyton's uh, grand plan continue playing out. He is the right man for the job, 100%. Very uh, apropos here observation from albert quinn miners is better than graham glasgow hey graham friend of the show gave us his time we helped him out we uh the community when i say we i mean you and us contributed to his um what was it zach a foundation or something anyway mm -hmm. we showed out for him we love we got love for him is my point but albert miners is better than glasgow that big run from pookie where he squirted through, broke three or four tackles. Who was a, the guy there pushing the pile, not giving up on the play, and running with this cat 35 yards down the field, none other than 
the tree decimator himself. I mean, this dude <laughs> kills more trees than Saruman the White. All right. <laughs> Quinn Miners. You know, I, I, Glasgow, again, friend of the show, I do think he was a little overpaid, and that decision will not go down as one of the better like many other offensive line acquisitions in, in Broncos uh, lower Chad as the best option for them. But Glasgow, another pick, a George Payton special, restock the cupboard for the future, and uh, I think he's the long-term future at that position. Also, Natani Muti, when he gets off the CV list, you can talk about replacing Dalton Reisner at left guard, so they're in good hands in the interior. George, thank you for the stars, brother. Give our best. Here's a shout-out. Ho- hopefully she's watching. Shout-out to Jasmine. He says it was a trap game, and it very well may have. But trap games typically, George, I'll give you this again for some food for thought. A trap game is usually a superior opponent just coming up short and kind of having an off day. And still, even though it was an off day, they were almost good enough to beat a subpar opponent. Just something went wrong in the final minutes or something. That's a trap game. That's not what this was, guys. The Broncos... Straight, again, American History X, Malachi Crunch, curb stomped the Dallas Cowboys. So how do you explain that if you're the head coach down there, right? It wasn't just we went to sleep. Did they go to sleep? Yes, they did sleep on the Broncos. That's true. But there's something more at work here, you know? Um, I can imagine a conversation taking place on the headset during this game between, say, uh, Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore like Boromir to Gandalf in the minds of Moria. What new devilry is this? <laughs> Dave from Georgia, what's good? What a great team win. Cowboy fans got to be sick to their stomachs. They Hashtag are. Broncos country. Yep, Zach, you got pretty good beat on Cowboys fans with what you do. I would imagine this is true. I can tell you that they are completely uh, sh- stunned right now. They are astonished. They cannot believe what they saw their Cowboys on a six-game winning streak with a new helmet with the red stripe, Chad. You had former President Bush doing the coin toss. I mean, they Jerry Jones broke out all the stops for this game. They thought it was going to be a nice, easy afternoon victory. And what did they get instead? This was from Dak Prescott himself. Quote, we got beat. We got thumped in every aspect. Never got going. I missed some throws. We didn't throw and catch the way that we usually do. So some of that is it, the Cowboys not playing to their potential, but the other hand, the bigger picture that Prescott was painting himself, tough sentence, the Broncos took it to them and did not stop. Christian, what's going on, buddy? Thank you for the super chat. He says, I've been told, uh, been told you, been telling you not to doubt us, Zach. Pessimism never works. Still love you, though. I know you work with Cowboys, so you hype them up, but you made way too much of Randy, CD Lamb, and that defense. Still amazing, though, Zach. I, I mean, I'll give the Broncos credit. They did, again, they thumped the Cowboys, like Dak said, but it, I would look for Dallas to improve uh, going forward. I think they have the Falcons next week, and I feel bad for Atlanta in that game. You're still going to see a playoff season in Dallas. All those players, like I mentioned, the coaching staff, I'm still a big Helen Moore fan. My opinion on the Cowboys really didn't change. It was a trap game for them, but my opinion of the Broncos changed. I am way more impressed than I was four hours ago. Travis jumping in with some victory stars. You know, we really appreciate that, brother. Um, also shout out to our dedicated supporters who were there today at halftime for the halftime stream reaction of Kelberman's corner, which is how the rest of this season is going to play out. If you are a paying supporter of mile high huddle on Facebook, you get access to that Kelberman's corner conversation every single game day at halftime. 
plus the Trickle Zone every Monday at 1 p.m. Mountain and Broncos Book Club, which I'm kicking back up here very, very soon, and more. So, guys, get on that. Go to Mile High Huddle's Facebook page, facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle, big blue button at the top. In like Flynn, you get access. Shout out to Claude. Appreciate you, bro. Um, shout out to Michael. By the way, Michael, it was really I'm glad to hear that you finally got your jersey. Again, guys, those lead times when you order these jerseys right now uh, are ridiculous. And uh, it's it, it's a wake-up call for those parents out there, even if you're not a parent, but you're ordering things for people that you love around you for Christmas. Get on that now if you're planning on doing it from the internet because the lead times are redonk. Hey, Smouse in the house. What's good, bro? Great to have you. Uh, rocking his... Uh, the very T-shirt he designed for us once upon a time in his profile pic. Love it. He says, wow, just wow. Hashtag jaw drop. That's basically what I'd be doing right now if I didn't have a light on and a microphone in front of my face. I'd just be sitting here going, wow. Wow. I'd be doing that, dude, Till the cows come home. But there's fish to fry, Zach. I mean, my jaw was on the floor. I had to go get it, Chad. After Again, the Broncos got a punt blocked, and not only did they not let up a touchdown, they maintained possession of the ball. You talk about the ball literally bouncing your way and things breaking your way. I mean, that epitomized that. I'm just, I was in disbelief watching this game. Not, not to say that's a bad thing against Denver. They deserve the victory, but I just, wow. Just wow. Jonathan Chavarez. What's good, buddy? Appreciate you. He says, when Simmons got hype after that fourth down, I knew they saw red all yeah. game. And the young guys that don't have big contracts, being hungry. That reminds me of Borat. What is that? The third or fourth movie reference I've made on this stream. I need to I need to calm down here. I'm so excited when Simmons got hype after that fourth down. But yes, Zach, you could tell right there in that moment, first of all, you could see the utter disrespect Mike McCarthy had for the Broncos offense. To go for it right there instead of just take some points and once Twice, how many times? Four times did they go for it on fourth? The first three I know they didn't get. I can look at it, but either way, he did not respect that that offense of the Denver Broncos could do anything to threaten his team, so he went for it. And that moment when Simmons knifed through the gap and boom, Zeke goes down, you just kind of felt like, all right, the defense at least is playing with some juice today. Let's let's see what happens here. And that was definitely, I think, a kind of uh, – turning points too early in the game to call it the turning point but like it was one of those moments where you're like okay momentum just shifted and it's going to be interesting to see which way this goes you know jonathan great observation i had the same exact feeling when i saw fangio fist pump and show emotion for once and not be a robot i just it felt different what did the offense do after the Simmons stop? They went three and out. They, third and 20, they threw for like four yards incomplete. But after that, something got going. The defense kept him in, in the game, and the Broncos offense capitalized and never looked back. Zachler, what's good, bro? Uh, what's, what's good, bro, Zachler? I'm still like, you know, apoplectic here from this inexplicable victory. What about Calvin Anderson? Played like a solid starting tackle. Should be playing over Massey, one hundo. Great day to be a Broncos fan. Yes, it is. And you know what? Calvin Anderson definitely made a case to this coaching staff that you made the wrong decision to start Bobby over me at right tackle. But let me just remind you of something that Calvin himself said on Friday. A, that he's much more comfortable playing on the left side because that's the side he's played on his whole career. Um, And B, that 
explaining why he's much more comfortable from how you hone your technique and all your just kind of those processes that happen, those synapses, Zach, that flash in split seconds for you to react without thinking. That happens for him on the left side. On the right side, he does have to kind of probably think a little bit more. And, and so he's not the same player on the right side. But no excellent left tackle. Let me remove that word. No competent left tackle is going to be like as competent on the right side. Like you kind of got to prioritize, but at the same time in the league, Zach, that's why swing tackles are so important because they got to be able to show competency at, at both. But yes, I'd like to see more of Calvin. If today's performance is the rule, not the exception. Well, here's the question. Now let's say Garrett Bowles comes back against Philadelphia and he struggles what do you do? Do you keep your former first round highly minted tackle in the game or do you take him out for Calvin Anderson of all people? That's the problem here if you want to call it a problem, but that's, it's it's hard to change sides like Chad laid out with uh, Massey and Calvin. I'm just happy, like Chad also pointed out, the Broncos finally have some depth. That's one thing they've lacked. They've had a decent starting five. They've had no one behind them. They have people like uh, Quinn Miners, Mooty, Calvin. That's good news going forward. Rando. Thank you for the stars, brother. He says, wow, wow, and then, wow. Appreciate it, bro. White Lightning, <laughs> excellent 53-yarder by McManus. Let's go, Brandon. Indeed. Indeed. No comment. <laughs> Brandon, what's up, dude? Bama Broncos. He says, Broncos came to play today, shutting down the offense. Go Broncos. Yes, indeed. All around, with the exception of special teams, I think, Zach, it was a pretty balanced, well-rounded, cruising, dominant show of excellence. I mean, even beyond the Vic Fangio era, I think in the post-Peyton Manning era, that was one of the more convincing, you can make the case the most convincing, considering the circumstances, everyone counting them out. And they they didn't just win this game on a walk-off field goal. They didn't win the game by one or two points. They literally blew out Dallas at Dallas. Uh, here's one from Travis Tarbox. Appreciate the support and the stars, my brother. You know this. We love you. He says, uh, with 250 stars today, straight dominant victory. Hell yeah. Denver Broncos for life. That's what we're used to. The gut should be starting. The gut. Oh, yeah. Hello. Uh, Miners should be starting, no doubt. Facts. I agree, man. It's time. It's time to just say, look, um, and if he's hurt, you've got your excuse. But sit down, Graham. Quinn, you're up. He would, I mean, it's just palpable, dude. When he's on the field, the run game just starts picking up yards. I don't think they're going to have a choice. Um, I think, wasn't there an air cast on Glasgow's foot? Mm. I mean, it looked pretty serious. So I think by default now, Miners will be starting. But that's good news for the Broncos' future because uh, Glasgow was never the future. He was probably going to be released after this coming season, and it was just a matter of time when they entered in the youth movement, and the sooner the better as far as I'm concerned. By the way, Travis Weber did the heavy lifting for us the last time the Broncos got uh, 30 points. Last year in a loss to the Raiders and then a Mm. win in 2020 against Carolina, Chad. No, they got to 28 in that win, dude. They didn't get to 30. I I remember that. I'm like 95% sure Broncos didn't get to 30 in Carolina. And I don't remember the Broncos getting to 30 and losing to the Raiders either. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to give me some dates, bro, on that. No offense to you, Travis, but come do do a quick Google on that. Meantime, Zach, well, let's talk some Teddy with this uh, question 
or whatever, he's poking a bear here, Fajri Watkins to uh, one of our superstars, Eddie. He's saying, Ed, now what do you got to say about Teddy? And I take this on myself because anyone following me on Twitter beginning of this game, that first possession, I was like, come on, man. Teddy, put just play Drew Locke. It was kind of more of the same. Takes a sack on the first snap, right? And then three and out, they're off the field. But then he turned the ship around and how? And that's really underlying how. How did that happen? That you got the run game going, dude. If you do not establish the run game, like every quarterback's best friend is a productive running game, Zach. We know this. But for Teddy in particular, if you do not compliment him with a balanced rushing attack, you're not going to get quality quarterback play. And that's what explains today. He got decent protection. Uh, protection. I'm not going to say the Broncos did a great job protecting him. They didn't. They Cowboys got four sacks. But they did a decent job. What really made the difference for Teddy was he got help from his OC and his O-line and running backs with the ground game. But still, hey, Teddy fends off Drew for another couple of weeks. Like this was probably, unless he gets hurt, this was Teddy closing the door on right. Drew coming back at all exactly. this year. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, this This left no doubt now. So barring injury, it's going to be Teddy and more than likely Vic Fangio and the coaching staff for the rest of the year. Chad, you made every point I was going to make. I agree wholeheartedly. I do like what Teddy said here from Nine News, Mike Kliss, after the game, talking about playing without Von Miller. Quote, we wish Von the best, but these young guys, uh, a lot of them made plays today. Kind of, you know, confirms what we're saying here. It's maybe a good thing that Von Miller no longer plays for the Broncos. I know it's blasphemous to say, but we don't believe in coincidence. And there's a whole different Broncos energy, a whole different Broncos vibe, a whole different Broncos team, coaches and players, without number 58 today. Okay, guys, we got to go. So I'm going to rapid fire the remaining superstars and shout out Andrew Baker, who hurt his knee celebrating, but he's going to take it. Love that dude. (laughs) He's on IR for a couple weeks. He's on IR. But, hey, you can still participate in the uh, conversations and meetings, you know, if you're on IR. So we'll see you in the chat tomorrow, dog. Mark Langley, the God King, saying, what's up, my guys? This is the best game they have played all year. Hashtag facts. Not going to – definitely not going to dispute that, my dog. Um, Maja2873, uh, thank you for the super. Welcome. Stick around. Connect on Twitter. Caden Stearns is a great steal, too, a future star. I agree. Although that first touchdown, if – he doesn't miss that tackle on that big run or it was not a run. It was a pass that he missed a tackle two plays later there in the end zone. He giveth and he taketh as is the want of many young players, but we've seen more to like from Caden Stearns, including that phenomenal pick today in which he really did a good savvy, like veteran type deal to bait Dak into that throw. And then he made a kind of fingertip catch and awesome play by him. We've seen a lot more good than bad from Caden Stearns, and he is your future starter opposite Justin Simmons. He's going to push Kareem Jackson out of that role, and for me, the sooner the better. Another great later-round pick by George Payton. This rookie class, Chad, when when you break it down and look at their performances and really think about the scope of the season, what a phenomenal haul for George Payton. Mark Rich, thank you, bro. Caden Stearns really looks like the future at safety moving forward. Other than that, the terrible missed tackle on the fourth. See, yeah, we were sharing a brain on that, Mark. Uh, JJ, thank you, buddy. He says, great win pie for everyone. Yes, sir. What kind of pie? Crow pie. Love it. We'll eat it. We'll eat it. I'll happily eat it. Anytime I pick against the Broncos in the round table and, I, and, I, and I'm wrong, <laughs> I love it, man. I want, you know, you want to see the team play well. You want to see the team win. 
Uh, Tom up in Canada says, I missed the game. I would have bet my house and lost it, <laughs> guys. Yeah, well, good thing. Good thing you uh, you didn't, right? Good thing. Uh, okay, I know there's uh, one here from Clado. What up, dude? I got it right. Nailed yeah. it. Huh? Why can't my beloved Broncos and Lakers win at the same time? Why does one have to be horrible and the other really good at a given time? Question for the sages and prophets throughout time. Anyway, great game. Kellen Moore will be fine. His wideouts couldn't Thank catch you. a cold. I mean, when you have players like Tony Pollard, even Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb dropping gimme passes, that's not on Kellen Moore. That was just a disaster on the Cowboys offense. Real quick on the Lakers, Clado, uh, Mello's looking pretty good. I will say that. Uh, ship jumper. What up, dude? Have you jumped back on? Where are the Teddy haters now? Locke stays on the bench. That's true. That's true. Locke, unless he gets hurt, Teddy, and you never Boy. wish injury on anyone. He's he's on the bench. Is that Wade Kimball? And now I'm serving it over because we got to hurry. Uh, what, maybe just maybe Vaughn was holding us back, not intentionally, mind you. We put so much pressure on him to carry it and carry us. Maybe passing the torch is what we needed. There's some. There's a very interesting point here. Now trade Melvin Gordon for picks and trade up in the draft. Trade deadline's gone, my, yeah. my friend. So I just want to say, like, who's even bringing up Drew Locke though? Like, what's the point of even stoking those fires again? No one's hating on Teddy after this performance. Chad and I both gave him his uh, his credit where it was due. No one's even talking about Drew Locke right now. And the fact that they go out of their way, some of these people, Chad, to bring him up, it just kind of adds more to that narrative where. There's a delusion around number three. This is awesome. Greg's going hair of the dog for Broncos for breakfast. Sorry, Nick and Scott, but I'm drinking Heineken out of this Broncos for breakfast coffee mug. Oh, I was thinking you were going to do it in the morning when they're actually streaming. So, you know. Um, okay. Let me see. There's a there's one or two more that we cannot miss, including from a le- couple of legends like Naj. Love you, bro. To me, seeing that energy and excitement from Fangio, as well as the way the lines dominated on both sides of the ball, was special. Even Fuller played well. Zach, Kyle Fuller played a lot of nickel today. We're wondering who's going to play the nickel in, the, in place of uh, Callahan, who went on IR. And uh, it was a pretty solid hodgepodge between him and Nate Hairston. And then when uh, PS2 went out, they kicked Fuller back out on the boundary and Hairston played the nickel from the rest of the game. I can't even imagine how fired up Naj must have been watching this game. I mean, we we came to know that against the Jets, and I couldn't imagine after the magnitude of today's victory. I will say uh, Kyle Fuller got lucky. He was beat bad by CeeDee Lamb on one play, and Dak just missed him. On another play, Hairston broke up a pass, but he was tugging on a jersey. They got away with that. So the players played well, but I still think Kyle Fuller is the biggest liability in the Broncos secondary. Even Ronald Darby looked better today. I'm going to really rapid fire here. Uh, Nate Tendo, appreciate you. Could JJ be the key to our offense? We'll come back to that. Clinton Watson, appreciate you, bro. Love my team, and I'm proud today. Thanks for y'all staying on the grind. This is what keeps us coming back. Thank you. I'll give Pat and Vic their flowers. Check out Kenny Young. What a steal. Yes, indeed. Two guys who we haven't sung much about today that deserve it, Jerry Judy and Kenny Young. And I'm going to – particularly focus on Kenny Young. I think that's one of the explanations for the uh, emotional tenor with which the Broncos played today. It's not a coincidence now. Two games in a row, Kenny's been a Bronco. Two games in a row, that defense played with some juice. It reminds me of when they they first inserted Alexander Johnson into the starting lineup. He just brought a different flavor, a different 
a vibe, different energy to the defense. And ever since Kenny Young's been a part of it, they're just playing up more. They're playing uh, more fired up. They're talking more trash. They're jawing more. They don't have their heads in the dirt or their, you know, what's in the dirt dragging, Chad. No tail between their legs. Just a whole different complexion now with Kenny Young. And he could have a definite future in the Mile High City. Christian, what's up, buddy? He says, do you think it's safe to assume that Matt Corral is going to go first overall, paying the way for us to take Matthew Willis. Top five. Top five pick. I mean, the way he's playing right now, uh, you have Kenny Pickett kind of rising up the uh, the boards too. You're going to have some first-round prospects that George Payton, by the way, he w- they sent the Broncos five scouts to yesterday's game between Malik Willis and, uh, and Matt Corral to watch that, those performances. So they're definitely on the scouting grind. I would say Corral number one and Willis number two, but Kenny Pickett also for the safer pick, if you get a Kellen Moore, Brian Dayball type mind to coach with him, that's a franchise quarterback in the making. Corey H., appreciate you, buddy. He says, I wasn't sure how this would go, but as I said last week, I believe management and coaches believe this is a better version of the Fangio scheme without Vaughn. I didn't know it would do this, but the defense looked much better. Yes, it did. Riptie, I'm shocked, not sure what this means for the rest of the year, but a great win, best win in probably six years. Yeah, Yeah, it's up there, dude. It's up there. That's what I'm saying. And we're still trying to reckon with the implications of this win. Uh, It's one of those things that only time will tell. But I'm encouraged, and as Zach mentioned, the one thing that I think could, uh, you know, give us an optimistic lens on which direction they build on from here is the fact that what a confidence booster. Vaughn goes out the door, and these young guys lead the way, and now they go, we can beat anybody. And, again, the upper limits and the reaches of that, you can't sleep on. You can't sleep on it. I'm trying to find Dale here before we got to go. Let me just say real quick, if the Broncos are legit, I'll keep this brief. If they are legit, if this win wasn't a mirage, they will beat Philadelphia next week. That's a lesser inferior opponent the Broncos should defeat. And if they do, then we can talk about them competing for a playoff spot. I just want to see them keep it going. Patrick D. Strangely, still don't know what Denver's identity is. Both offense and defense have been high and low all season. Can we trust the Broncos for a playoff push? That's the question. Is we still... That's a qu- I've said that a few times today. That's one of the questions. Can you trust this team? And that's why, you know, for us who were, we go on record as having to pick and then we keep our records through the, through the year running tally. It's really difficult to get a bead on trying to predict what you're going to see from this team on a, on week in week out basis. And this only makes it the more complex uh, money. Uh, perhaps we shouldn't look after Kellen Moore, huh? I wouldn't say that that's- far. Those players got punched in the mouth and they just, didn't respond and Dak played like horse. Yeah. You know what? He was not good today. It's, it's too short sighted. I would say to not go after Kellen Moore because they had one stinker. Every team is entitled to those and you'll see it around the NFL. Again, it's not Kellen Moore's fault. The, the offensive line was giving up constant pressure. It's not Kellen Moore's fault. Dak looked rusty after the calf injury. It's not Kellen Moore's fault. that The receivers couldn't catch a cold. He called the right plays for the most part. I'm not putting this loss on Kellen Moore. Cowboys definitely had their opportunities. They just didn't execute. Right. Duke Rose, Denver fans in the stadium, incredible. Yeah, that was impressive. I got to tell you, Broncos travel well, but I was even I was yeah. a little bit surprised how much orange was in that stadium. Uh, Luis, appreciate you, bro. Just coming back from the game. Fantastic outcome. Did not see this one coming for the massive contingent of Broncos country at Jerry World. Go Broncos. Love that. Rip Ty says, who is this Stephen Weatherly guy <laughs> Horace Grant. with the Horace Grant glasses? Maybe he can pick up Vaughn's vision as a representative. Guy's pretty damn good. Well said. Well said. Me- remember me, myself, and Irene, Chad, Whitey? He could see with the glasses <laughs> up into the plane. That's what it reminds me of every single time. I like it. Throwback. 
Just because I rock doesn't mean I'm made of stone. Rathman, what's good, dude? I believe it was 06, the last time the Cowboys beat us. Uh, you got to go farther. Wow. Uh, D-Dub with a top rope super chat. Thank you. As time expires, Hail Mary super, bing, swish. Love you, bro. Thank you, Dale. Seriously. He says, Peyton's moves so far have proven right. Wondering if he will continue to show good judgment this offseason by getting rid of Pat Shermer at a minimum. This offense is underperforming and will continue to do so under Shermer, in my opinion. A good win, though. Needed. Yes, today's win does not absolve Pat Shermer of his past transgressions, Zach. No. It doesn't absolve anyone of anything. I mean, it doesn't ensure that Fangio should return or or Bridgewater should return next year in their current roles, nor Pat Shermer. Today was a loss, though, for two people other than Tom McMahon and special teams. Can we finally talk about, because they're dropping like flies, Shad, the strength and conditioning, Mr. Lauren Landau. I mean, this team cannot stay healthy. Pastor Tan went out. Graham Glasgow. Albert O even left the game. I think it was a chest injury. There's something going on there. It's, It's a abnormal amount of injuries the Broncos continue to face. I'm going to just continue throwing that dart out there. Seriously, Dale. Thank you, bro. Love you. Give our best to Gretchen. Uh, Damien, what's good, bro? I like it. Very impressive win. Yes, it was. If you came away less than impressed today, you probably didn't watch the game. All right. I'm just making sure. Oh, one more from Damien. Uh, They just made life here in San Antonio, Texas. Good. I was up against it at work. Heard it all week from from Cowboys fans trying to rub your nose and how bad your team was going to get destroyed. Yeah, good for you, bro. You're going to have a good week. Yeah, huh? Enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Flex. Flex hard. All right, guys. We got to go. Thank you so much for being with us. Zach, if you want to go through the rundown, I'll pull yes, up sir. how we finished on, on Facebook. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in with us for another Gut Reaction podcast. Feels so good to do a gut reaction where we're loose, we're having fun, just like the Broncos were fired up and we're celebrating just a resounding victory where it was the Broncos afternoon. November 7th, 2021 will ever forever go down in Broncos lore as an overall excellent day. And I it was fun celebrating with, with you guys. Until we see you guys next, which is tomorrow night for the aftermath episode, eight o'clock mount eight o'clock Eastern, six o'clock mountain. Be sure to follow the pod on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself a football priest hat, dad hat. Get yourself a Mile High Huddle shirt like Chad's wearing. Anything and everything that you can imagine is in that store. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Hit that big blue button. New episodes every week. Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone, and Kelberman's Corner. Uh, five bucks a month. I promise you it's worth it. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. We appreciate you guys. But if you can't do any of those things, do these three things and take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. That's right, baby. Shout out to these stars, these superstar senders today and supporters on Facebook. Randy Jones finishes at the top. Right behind him, Shane Daniels, Travis Weber, Doug Raquel, Andrew Lampy, George Vandermark, GVD, as I like to call him. He doesn't know that, but that's what I like to call you. Mike Reno, Joe Spath, Vanessa Carr Parrish, Colby C. Collier, Nathan Tala. I, I, I always hesitate here because I don't want to butcher your name. Leituala. Leituala, Travis Tarbox, Marcus Lewis Henna across the pond, Gregory Dirty Chocolate Coaching. Okay. Deshaun, what's good? Claude Riley, 
Andrew Baker, James Grossman, Isaac DeBaja, and Lando, a.k.a. don't call him Calrissian Lee. Thank you, guys. Really, really appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow night for the aftermath. Lots of work for us to do tonight, so we'll see you tomorrow. The, the conversation goes on at milehighhuddle.com. We'll see you there. Check out all the articles that are about to drop. Take care, guys. Enjoy the victory. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.